What's going on, everybody? It's Monday, October 31st. Happy Halloween, and this is the College Football Daily. I'm your host, Nick Costco, and I'm pleased to be joined today by Steve Helwick, who covers Mac football for Hustle Belt on SB Nation. Pleased to have him in there. Visit. He's, he's going to talk all things Maction coming up for the remainder of the season. Because now we have college football on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Gotta love that. So, Steve, thanks for joining, man. And so, before we actually we actually dive into uh, the Maction coming up for this week and the season moving forward. I have to ask you about the Central Florida Knights getting a big win over Cincinnati on Saturday. Uh, what, what was your big, biggest takeaway from that game as UCF under Gus Malzahn had arguably one of their biggest wins uh, under a short tenure so far? Yes, it was the first ranked win of the Gus Malzahn era. Actually, UCF's first ranked win since 2018 when they beat Cincinnati when game day was in town. But UCF just showed their resiliency yesterday. They had a tough week and before in Greenville, North Carolina when they lost to East Carolina by three touchdowns. It was a really rough showing for the offense and they lost their quarterback John Rice Plumley in the game yesterday to what was perceived to be a concussion by Coach Malzahn. Mikey Keene, who beat Florida on the Gasparilla Bowl, checks in last year, and he does a really good job of just guiding the offense downfield. Every second-half possession UCF had pierced into Cincinnati territory. They had a few fumbles near the goal line, but they fixed those issues, scored two late touchdowns, and they were able to pierce through a Cincinnati defense, which had ranked top 30 in both run and pass defense. So UCF did a really good job offensively of bouncing back last week, and their defense did the job too. They won the battles in the trenches against the Cincinnati team, which led the league in sacks and tackles for loss entering that game. So all around, it was a great effort by UCF, and they always do a great job at home in front of their fans at the bounce house. And they've only lost one game in a full capacity bounce house since the 2017 season. So UCF's back in the thick of the AAC race now with Cincinnati, Tulane, and Houston. Yeah, the only reason why I bring up UCF is because they are one of the group of five programs that's usually on the map. And obviously Cincinnati uh, made the college football playoffs just last year under Luke Fickle. I know they're not MAC teams, but uh, you do cover uh, the AAC and some other group of five conferences as well. So one more on UCF. I mean, what's the ceiling for this team here in 2022 after it looked like it was a pretty bad loss to East Carolina just the other week, but they bounced back in a big way on Saturday. Yes, I mean, this team can make a New Year's Six Bowl. The New Year's Six spot is so wide open this year because there doesn't really seem to be a front runner. I guess Tulane has that spot now, but Tulane still has Cincinnati and UCF on the schedule. So the AAC this year, it doesn't have a dominant team like it 2017 UCF, 2021 Cincinnati. Instead, it's more of just open at the top. So UCF can definitely be in that picture there. They have the defense to do it. Up until last Saturday against East Carolina, they had a nine-game stretch of holding opponents to 20 or under points. You might have known this team as an offensive juggernaut during the Scott Frost and Josh Heupel eras, but during the Malzahn era, it's actually been about the defense led by defensive coordinator Travis Williams. And when the offense figures things out, that's when UCF becomes real dangerous. And yesterday, despite only putting up 25 points on the board, I thought it was a really productive day from the offense. And that's how they still won, despite losing the turnover battle 2-0. to zero. So let's switch over to Maction now, as everyone loves to call it. Tuesday and Wednesday, you know, Tuesday you have Ball State, Kent State, Buffalo versus Ohio. Wednesday you have two games as well, featuring uh, Central Michigan against Northern Illinois and Western Michigan against uh, Bowling Green. So those are the games on tap. So before we dive into some of the upcoming matchups, just the MAC conference as a whole right now, Steve. It's interesting because you mentioned how that New Year's Six spot is wide open. Now, likely it probably goes to one of the AAC schools, you know, i.e. UCF, maybe a Tulane, maybe Cincinnati bounces all the way back as well. So, uh, but is there a MAC team that's saying that to you that could actually make a lot of noise, maybe win nine or ten games by the end of the season? And then we're talking about one of these MAC teams 
actually stealing that New Year's six uh, that that New Year's six bowl spot. New Year's six and Mac, absolutely not. The the Mac doesn't have a juggernaut team, and it's going to have to take a really tough season from the AAC and an undefeated Mac squad just to make it. If you think back to 2016, there was actually debate going into that final week if Western Michigan, who was undefeated, or Navy deserved that New Year's Six spot. Navy had several losses that year, but Navy did lose the AAC title game to Temple, which made things a lot easier for the committee to put Western Michigan in with that undefeated P.J. Fleck team. But the Mac's best team right now is Buffalo, who lost to an FCS school. Buffalo started 0-3 and looked to be one of the worst teams in the country. And they they had a rough finish to the 2021 season under first-year head coach Mo Linguist. But this Bulls team has really turned things around. And right now, that they are the only team undefeated in league play in the MAC. They had a nice win over Toledo in Week 8, 34-27. So this Buffalo team is really balanced, and they're, they're clicking right now. So the Bulls are the team to beat in the MAC right now. But... They don't have much separation, I don't think, from the second, third best teams in the conference. They have a big game against Ohio this week. Both of those teams are 5-3. and three. Both of those teams are vastly improved from last year. And there's a feeling that almost anyone can beat anyone on any given day in the MAC. Even Akron, who had been... L- just left for dead the past few years under Tom Arth. Their offense is competent enough under first-year head coach Joe Moorhead, or even they can come up and surprise somebody. So I think the MAC is as wide open as it's been. And that's kind of been the theme the past few years for the MAC is they haven't really had a dominant team outside of that 2020 pandemic season where it's been more nine nine wins will be the best overall record at the end of the year. And that was the case last season when Central Michigan went nine and four, Northern Illinois went nine and five, and those were the top two teams in the conference. So it's interesting you mentioned that because the MAC is wide open, as you mentioned, but there's no dominant team outside. You just mentioned Western Michigan, even in 2016 when PJ Fleck was still there before he took the Minnesota job. So I'm curious as to as to why the MAC is. I mean, are they far behind that conference, behind others in the Group of Five, such as the AAC? I mean, again, Cincinnati is the outlier example, of, of course, making the college football playoff last year, and it was based on years of building to get to that point. So, I mean, does the MAC have to do something different? Is it scheduling? Is it just the quality of football in the conference compared to the American Athletic Conference? I mean, what 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 is lagging behind right now? for the MAC compared to some of these other conferences to make these bigger jumps to maybe you get those near six bowls on a more regular basis. Well, the AAC is just different, and it's different from these other leagues that are competing for this New Year's Six spot. And uh, that might change when Cincinnati, UCF, and Houston all go to the Big 12 starting on July 1st, 2023. But the AAC, they have the more money, they have the billion-dollar TV deal, they have the recruiting, they have the facilities, they have the fan bases, and all of that gives you considerable advantages. I mean, UCF yesterday, that's one of the best student sections in the country. They, they packed that place. I was at Cincinnati for the the American Athletic Championship game last year. Just a crazy vibe and atmosphere there. So it takes years of just building all of that. So the Mac is behind for uh, other other reasons. I mean, recruiting some of them facilities. But I mean, overall, it's still a fun conference and there's still really good football in there. And you see some of the guys that are playing on Sundays who really thrive. Just your guys like Khalil Mack and Max Crosby, they originated from this conference. So the talent in this conference is definitely there at times. So they just haven't had a dominant team really in recent years that has emerged like that 2016 Western Michigan squad that's made national rounds. So it's a little, the exposure has been a little lacking 
I'd say since that 2016 season when the Broncos had a college game day appearance and they were at the forefront of some national discussion due to their undefeated regular season record. We'll talk exposure in a second, but first we'll take a quick break right here. Keep it locked. You're listening to the College Football Daily on 24-7 Sports. So, Steve, bringing back to that exposure point, you mentioned how Western Michigan back in 2016 had the college game day experience. They obviously were undefeated. They were getting a lot of national attention with the way P.J. Fleck coached them uh, just six years ago. So everyone loves Maction, or at least social media likes to say they like Maction on the on these Tuesday and Wednesday nights because it's a, it's a day or they're, they're, they're two days during the week where you're not going up against the NFL on Monday or Thursday night. Obviously, Friday is built for some other college football. You know, the NFL is going to own Black Friday eventually. And, of course, there's high school football around the country on Friday nights. Then, boom, you're back to the weekend where you have the entire country playing on Saturdays and Sundays for college and the NFL. So by the MAC continuing, I should say, on Tuesday and Wednesday nights, is this the best move moving forward for the conference for this national exposure? Or do you think there could be something else they could do to up the exposure, maybe up the demand for MAC football? I personally like it. And midweek matching is why I started becoming interested in covering the Mac. I remember growing up always wanting to turn on the TV on those Tuesday and Wednesday nights and watch those games. I know Mac alums do not like midweek matching because you like to travel to the games on the weekends and it's difficult on a Tuesday night with a 7 p.m. Eastern kickoff to make it to Kalamazoo or Muncie in time. So there, there's definitely it's drawbacks. But I think it's a good move for national exposure. As you said, social media likes to tune in. And I think with the rise of sports betting, people love to bet midweek match. And I can tell you from some of the DMs that I receive that people love to ask what spreads are because it's the first time a lot of people are watching Mac teams all year. And the fact that you're getting that new audience that comes every late October, start of November when midweek match arises, I think that's a good thing for the conference. And the best part about midweek match is the games have been absolutely legendary the past few years. We've had games like the Western Michigan Toledo game with the 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 onside kick and the fake spike in 2020. Even last year just Miami and Ohio just trading blows in a shootout where they were just scoring five times in the last five minutes. Just so many good midweek matching games have been on TV lately and I, I think that's the parody of the conference has really helped make a good product when it's on TV and it's fun and people people really enjoy the vibes there too. It's almost like there's something special in the air on those Tuesday and Wednesday nights. So I had a question about the future of the conference, you know, how we, we were kind of alluding to it before in, in comparison to at least the American Athletic Conference, where that's basically your dominant group of five conference. But, you know, once UCF, uh, BY, or well, not BYU was their independent, but of course, but UCF, Houston, and others are going to go over to the Big 12. So the so the American Athletic Conference is not, maybe not going down, but obviously it's going to have undergo drastic changes next year. Do you see or do you hear of any future plans for the MAC in terms of realignment, expansion? How do you see this conference moving forward post-2023 and beyond? The MAC has been as stable as any conference in college football. And I think about nine or of nine or ten of its members have been around since the 1960s, which shows how long these schools have been playing each other for. And the MAC did have initial talks last year with Western Kentucky and Middle Tennessee about adding them to the conference, but ultimately the deal did not go through. Those teams will remain in the CUSA for the foreseeable future. So right now, the MAC is standing put at its traditional 12 teams. And not only is the MAC 
a stable conference that's been together over the years. It is probably the most regional conference in college football too. Buffalo is the only real geographic outlier outside of the Rust Belt. You have six teams from Ohio. You have three teams from Michigan. And then you add a few other states in the Midwest and you have a very close-knit conference. So I, I, I like how the MAC is regional right now. And I like how it's stable. And I think that that's going to be the future of the conference. They they know their brand. They've had it for a long time. And I think they're going to stick with it amidst all the realignment going on elsewhere in college football. So you think they're going to stick to their brand and they're, they're fine with being what they are as a conference compared to, you know, again, the Big Ten's a Power Five conference, but, you know, they're going from coast to coast now. Obviously, they have teams like Rutgers and Maryland on the East Coast and Penn State. And then, of course, you go over the West Coast. They, 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 they just added UCLA and USC. So for the MAC, I guess you're basically saying they are going to embrace the Midwest. And aside from Buffalo being the only outlier over in the uh, Northeast, you don't see any of these other conference USA teams, maybe some American athletic teams that are going to say, you know what, let's join in on that. Maybe the Mac could expand and get more money that way. Or you're just, uh, you, you say they're fine with what they have currently. I think they're fine with what they have currently. I mean, Western Kentucky is a gem of a program that they had an opportunity to add and decided not to go forth with it. Western Kentucky, they won several CUSA titles. They, they always have an explosive offense with a great quarterback, Brandon Dowdy, Mike White, uh, Bailey Zappi over the years. So I, I was a little, and they have a pretty good basketball tradition too. And I was a little surprised when the Mac didn't add them in middle Tennessee, which just makes me further believe that this conference is focused on stability for its 12 members that it's had for a long time right now. Steve Helwick joining me on the College Football Daily from Hustle Belt on SB Nation. Catches work there, of course, on all things Mac football. Uh, one more for you, Steve, and it's interesting. I mean, it's always interesting because it's Mac football, and of course, you know, we got the midweek matches, so that starts this week, of course, Tuesday and Wednesday with so, with four games on tap. But uh, let's fa- let's fast forward a little bit towards the end of the season now. Who would you say is your pick right now for the conference title game, and who's going to come out on top of the Mac at come season's end? Right now, this might be a bit of a surprise, but I'm leaning toward the Ohio Bobcats on taking the MAC East. They still haven't had their matchup against the Buffalo Bulls, and I really like what I've seen from Ohio's offense this season. Curtis Rourke is the brother of Nathan Rourke, and many Maction enthusiasts might recognize the name Nathan Rourke because he was Ohio's quarterback for three three consecutive years, brought them three bull wins from 2017 to 19. Really good dual threat quarterback now playing in the CFL. His brother Curtis is having if the Mac had a most improved player award, Curtis Rourke would win that easily this year. He has a howitzer of an arm. He's leading the league in passing yards per game. He's had 400-yard performances, 500-yard performances this year. And I just love the direction that this Ohio offense is going under second-year head coach Tim Albin after a rough season last year. And Ohio has also shown to be pretty decent defensively at times. They've been in a fair share of barn burners, but I think that overall this team has the firepower to win the Mac East. And that game against Buffalo coming up uh, this week is going to be a huge game in determining the Mac East. Bowling Green and Kent State are still alive in the standings as Kent State still hasn't played Buffalo and Kent State has the tiebreaker over the Ohio Bobcats right now despite two conference losses. Then Bowling Green has one conference loss to Buffalo with Ohio still on the docket. But I, it's a wide open Mac East right now. I do like Ohio as my pick, but I can't say that I'm fairly confident in any team in that division. And in terms of the Mac West, I really like the Toledo Rock 
pockets after what we saw yesterday. They had to operate without starting quarterback Daquan Finn. Instead, Georgia Tech transfer Tucker Gleason came in, and they beat a tough Eastern Michigan team. This Eastern Michigan team knocked off Arizona State and Tempe earlier this year, and Toledo has a pretty good defense with maybe some NFL talent in there. You have Jamal Hines, who's a really good pass rusher. They have Deontay Johnson, not related to the NFL Deontay Johnson from Toledo, but they have a Deontay Johnson and middle linebacker who's a very good tackler on defense. And they, I just think that this Toledo team has a lot of weapons on defense to the point where they're a really balanced team. And then Daquan Finn can be really explosive at quarterback from the run game. Uh, you saw Toledo earlier this year erase a 21-0 deficit from Kent State due to the heroics of Daquan Finn. And they posted 52 points in that game and won by 21 points. So they have an explosive offense too at times. And I think that Toledo can make it back to the MAC championship game for the first time since 2017. So right now, I would say a Toledo Ohio championship is what I'm looking at. But the MAC East is so wide open, I can't put a lot of confidence on any team because you never know what's happening on a week by week basis in this league. But with Ohio getting the host duties Tuesday against Buffalo, I'm going to pick the Bobcats in that one. Why we call it midweek matching. It's crazy each and every week. And now the rest of this college football season is going to be owned by this conference. Steve, appreciate you joining me, man, on the college football daily. Where can everybody find you and your work on social media? Yes, I'm at S underscore Hellwick on Twitter and Steve Hellwick also on YouTube. And I write for Hustle Belt, which covers Mac football. And I do some AAC and CUSA for Underdog Dynasty, another SB Nation blog. I'm based in Houston, so I have a focus on Houston and Rice, but cover those conferences as a whole. Man and many talents. Steve, appreciate the time as always. Looking forward to hopefully talking to you down the line if we get some more uh, absolute madness in the Mac. Thank you. Appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. And be sure to like, share, and subscribe to this episode wherever you get your podcasts. I am Nick Costco saying so long. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at NickCosco59. And be sure to follow 24-7 Sports on all social media channels as well. Once again, this has been the College Football Daily right here on 24-7 Sports.